Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello! <laughs> Devin, <laughs> what do you got for us today? I came up with this one myself. Oh. Make hay while the sun shines. Yeah, it sounds like something you'd say. <laughs> sounds like I've heard that somewhere. No, you make, know. <laughs> make hay while the sun shines. Nice. That one's uh, like such a yeah. such a simple one. Obviously, I didn't make it up. That's been around. But I was, <laughs> I was. We were driving. Um, somewhere we we're heading home, and we're we're passing. We got a lot of farmland around us. I said, "Look, there's a they they chop down." Or I just said there's a field of hay or something like that. We were just talking about because they had just they were clearing it and it was drying. And you know right. it changed feel it like overnight. You see a whole field of green, and the next time we came by, it was like 50 acres of, you know, hay just dried, mowed, yeah, dried, down dry, yeah, yeah, hay, yeah. <laughs> and I think I said they're making hay, and my wife's like, you know, you don't make hay. It's not like a. <laughs> it's not, it's not like a uh, like making something or making it. I'm like, well, you do make it. You have to. Well, this was my. I slipped up. I said you got to plant it, right? But she was like, you don't plant grass. It just comes up. I said, well, yeah, you're right about that. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, ret- retract that. But you have to go through the process of. I mean, you could say creating it. Or you have to bring a tractor and chop it down and let it dry and bale it. And you're making hay. You're making this thing that animals can eat and livestock can have and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, uh, and then I was like, like the term, make hay while the sun shines. And she was like, what? (laughs) I I said, you've never heard that? Don't push me. (laughs) And she was like, huh? I was like, you have to heard that. She's like, no, I've never heard that in my life. And I said... Well, it's a thing, and in it, they say make hay, she said. Like, I didn't come she, up with it. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you know what that means? She, and then I think she was just playing dumb. She was like, what, the sun's hot? I said, you know it's not about the sun. It, it has nothing to do with heat and hay. <laughs> I mean, it does. But. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, right. I agree. You know, it's like, but, but you do have to make hay, right? Because if, you're, if you don't cut it and bale it, then it's just grass. It's just a field of grass and weeds. It's not right. hay until you've cut it and you've you've taken that you've you've taken a raw material and you've have an idea and then you facilitate that based off of the idea and you then tr- create it and then make it and you yeah. know, bale it and then sell it to farmers or you feed <laughs> right. it to your animals. Otherwise right. it's just a field of grass. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you do have so, to yeah. make the product. Right. Yeah, but, and I, I like the make hay. Do you know who said that, or is that just like a... No, I think it's just like a proverb. It's probably been, I mean, been around as long as hay, as, as yeah. long as people <laughs> have been cutting down grass and feeding it to animals. I guess that means, like, take advantage of the time you have, right? Make yeah. Make while the sun shines. It's like, right. well, while it's, it's shining, you do it, you know? Why there's, while there's a favorable situation, make right. the most make the most of it. That's yeah. I think that's a more common one is make the most of your situation. 
Right. Yeah. Make hay while the sun shines. Yeah. Right. So it's like, uh, yeah, when it rains, it pours, you know, that type of thing almost. Right. Like, right. It's, yeah. it's when, you know, when there's a favorable situation, get to work. Yeah. Yeah. Or, no, I, or, I think that's, yeah. Yeah. Take, take grasp of an opportunity when it happens. You're ready. You've planned it out. And then sun's shining. Right. Let, let's get to work. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <clears throat> and I, uh, I think that is, that's a, it's a, it's good advice to anyone, especially makers, but you know, it's good advice to anyone just to, to be ready to take the positive spins of your life when they, when they spin your way. Right. And, you know, and like when, when it's, when it's raining, you know, what is it? When, when you have lemons make lemonade, <laughs> like how many proverbs <laughs> can we think of right. that are the same, that have the same meaning, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's that like, uh, you know, I think that's I think that's important, especially for. Well, I don't know. I'd say I'd say I'd I'd want that to be important for content creators and YouTubers and like other people who are on social media. And you know, as when when you have that influx of uh, interest in what you do, try to stick with it. You know, like try to capitalize on that interest and keep rolling. And you know, obviously, I think I think most uh, most content creators have that mindset that you know that there's something that works for what you do and what people like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to, it has to, you have to enjoy it as well. That's why we do knife making and that's why we do all the other stuff we do. And, and the ones that we know people like, like when we started the channel, it wasn't to make a knife making channel, but that's what I like to do and bows and axes and tools. Yeah. And those are the things that people want to see. And so we just make sure we come back around to those more popular ones more often. Yeah. Right. And and there's only so many things you can make or you feel like you want to make. Right. You're not yeah, going to be you're not going to be welding steel structures or inventing like contraptions. Right. That's a whole different like subset of of YouTube, but right. Exactly. You're going to you're you're you you do the tools. Right. Yeah, and I um and you know, and even like to be honest, I mean when when I see other channels that are doing the same thing over and over again, you know, I get bored with them. I'm like, eh. you know, it's like, I feel like I've seen that unless it's something that I haven't seen before, like they're doing something with knife making or something with tool restoration that's different, that'll capture me, then I'm okay to like skip over it, you know? Yeah. Because it's, it, but, um, which I think it's the same, same reason why we do different stuff on our channel, just because we like to have that variety, bring in different audiences, but also just have, just do a variety of things because I don't want to just make one thing. It's the reason why I'm not a knife maker full time. <laughs> it's like I don't want to do that all the time. I want to be able to have hobbies. I want to be, you know, a jack of all trades. I want to learn all the different stuff and learn new techniques and things and bring them in and show people and and take the viewers on that journey. Hmm. I think that's like jack, that's part of it. Jack of all trades or master of none. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or master of all. <laughs> <laughs> ten thousand <Master>. hours. <laughs> do you have ten thousand hours for each craft? No, <laughs> I I have. Let's see. I've got for for what I would say. The only thing I have that that I have ten hours ten thousand hours of in easy is making art. You know, fine art, mm, landscape yeah. painting, landscape drawing. That's that's something that I definitely put a ton of time and effort into. And and that's what I always go back to creatively when I'm when I want to create a piece of artwork. It's always I always doodle trees and I always doodle landscapes and you know things that I see. I do I draw from what I see and uh, yeah. But um, no, I mean, you know, I'm definitely not, I'm, I'm not a master of any of them. I like, I enjoy doing them all and I enjoy, 
I I think that it is important. I don't know if this is just situational because it's what we do, but I think it's important to to show people that you can do a bunch of different stuff. You don't have to be the absolute best at, at everything to enjoy it and also to you know make some make something off of it. You know, like when you can make something and give it to somebody else or or sell it, you know, we could quote Adam Savage from his making what the what a what a maker is uh podcast or what a maker is episode of the of the of tested but you know it's like when you make something and someone else appreciates it that's that's that exchange of i'm doing this because i'm a maker i'm an artist and what happens is what happens between the viewer or the user of that tool or that the viewer of the artwork that's when that interaction happens between someone and what they're seeing and i think that's that's like that's what i like about making that's what i like about art is that interaction and that's i think that's some of the um some of that like pride you know you, you feel good when other people see your work and they appreciate what you do and you get some feedback and and you can grow because you can you get some you know obviously going through grad school and being as, as a fine artist critiques are something that are all the time you're always working and you're always presenting and you're always trying to get better and you're getting feedback from other people to get mm-hmm. better all the time and half of that is like look at this thing that I've done and they'll, that's why, I mean, not, not always, not everyone, but I think every, any good critic or good, good teacher will give you positive and constructive criticism. You know, like this right. is good. This is working well. This is working well. And this is try this, or, or maybe you can work on this thing here or this part of this isn't working because there's always somewhere to grow. You know, we have to be striving to get better. I think. So how many hours, how, how many hours until the, the student passes the teacher and doesn't want any more, feedback i don't think i don't think ever well i don't I guess, know i think I, I guess you want feedback from people who you respect uh, right? yeah right exactly so if you love what they <laughs> do if you love what they do then you'll right. take the feedback and yeah. you, you can defend yourself or you know it's not defending but you can go well right. this is what this is why i did it maybe if you understand why i did it this way or i find that a lot of times if they are saying something, you've probably already thought of it and noticed it as well, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. They go, they yes. go now, I don't know about, and before they finish, you go, yeah, yeah, right, right, that part, I was, um, of course I'm going to do that. And then that kind of yeah. stuff, that's, it's, that's good too. But <laughs> Yeah. And I think, I think that being a maker, being a creator, you have a natural, at least for me, I have a natural tendency to put my work out there, understanding that people are going to look at it and criticize you know, either positively or negative. That's fine. It's just as a maker, you're, I mean, I think that's, that's part of the vanity is always like putting something out there and hoping you get positive feedback back from it, but knowing that you're going to get some negative too, and just being prepared for that. I think, and I say this to my students that as artists and designers, we are taking like our soul and our heart and our feelings, and we're just putting them out on paper or or out in the world for other people to see. And it's like I'm taking a part of me and putting it out there and I'm expecting to get some type of feedback on that. So you have to be careful sometimes of how much you put out there, you know, how much you really how 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 willing you are to get feedback on your heart and soul and feelings (laughs) and beliefs. Right. (laughs) There's um, something every once in a while uh, for people who don't know, I do a video production for sports team, usually. Uh, live production on live um, live games and th- that's all the stuff you see that goes to the big screen not necessarily TV 
Um, and a lot of times I will do replay and highlights. And as you're rolling different replays as the game goes on, you're also usually building some type of highlight package for the end of the game, depending on the sport. And if I find myself, once I'm done, and then a producer sometimes will say, can I see it? Or they'll say, hey, I need a highlight package that's a minute and 15 seconds. Most people will leave it at that. If, if they know who you are, right? They just assume yeah, they you'll ex- get it they, done. They, they trust you, yeah. But there's some people and different teams or different producers who always want to see it. And I have to, for a second, you, you get slightly offended. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's done. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a minute 15. This is, it's kind of like, for one, do you think I would give you like a lesser product or right. do you think you can do better? <laughs> and and maybe they do, and they right. and and there's a good chance that they could, but I think this is the best that that this, can be done with what you that, have. That, that, that yeah. can be done with what I have. Trust me, I've looked right. at all the angles, I've done it nice, but then I have to sit back, or just go like it's not the job of a producer, right, or someone who's managing, as we all know, it's to take. And sometimes it has to be there, like what they want it to be. Right. It's not necessarily what I think is best sometimes. And that's the whole, maybe it could be the same thing with a client, right? Yeah, maybe you think, exactly. Maybe you think this is the coolest knife in the world. And they're just like, hey, I'm not feeling it. I know you love it, but I think it should be this way. So then I'll change if they want, hey, can this clip be here? Or, or why is this clip? Or do you have a different shot? Of, and I'll, I'll do it or I'll explain why. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, the other angle wasn't there. They didn't. This camera guy didn't capture it. But you know, you're yeah. a little offended. But then you're like, it, what? It doesn't matter. Sure. What, what do you want me to do? I don't. You know, I'll do it. Right. Exactly. Want. And that's yeah. I think that's that's. And I talk about that often as well with my students because we are a design school where I work and we're I'm teaching architectural like you know how how to think and how to work like a designer and how to create things like an architect and and in that situation design is about is about making for someone for a client i mean you could be once if if you have if you've built built up enough renown and you have done you know you've put your time in then you might be the head designer at a firm and then that's years into your creative you know output and then people say okay here's here's what i want you just go ahead and make it and -hmm. they'll trust you because you have the renown but Mm -hmm. for the majority of your you know, creative life as a designer in any type of situation, profession, you're going to be working with a bunch of other people who all have a say in it. And in the end, it's really about the person who's paying you. <laughs> they get whatever they want because they're they're paying. So you have to decide what you want to do. Now, do you want to just, do you want to be someone who you just make it and put it out there? And that's why I think a lot of knife makers try to get away from doing um, specific like, uh, orders like they take take orders and get people let people you know decide what they want um, a lot of knife makers i think prefer and wish they could be more just let me make a bunch of stuff and sell it and people who want to buy it can sell yeah. it yeah, that, um that's, that's true like the yeah. ideal yeah. right that's the main thing you see is like hey you got a batch of knives what do you like right exactly that, and that no that's great it's almost like certain things you just want to let people do it and a lot of people want to have their say but it's like if you don't like what i do you don't have to order from Right. If it's specific, then yeah. But if it's yeah, if I'm going to Italy, and someone's making me pasta, I'm not going to tell the old Italian grandma how to make her pasta. 
Right. <laughs> oh, I actually like it with a, a little thinner. Like, I, just give me give me your favorite thing. Do you have Prego? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Actually, when I was when I was in Italy in grad school, we went for five weeks between my two grad years in the summer. Um, a couple of the people that I went with were vegetarians, mm-hmm. um, and I know at least two out of the three of them um, would eat whatever was put in front of them while mm-hmm. we were there, whether it was meat or not, because it was like part of the experience. Right. And it was part of like, you know, if they could avoid it, if we had, a, if we had a couple courses and we knew that there was going to be like a meat course and then a non and blah, 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 they might just skip over the meat course. But if it was like, if this is what we were having and everyone was having it and if, like, especially this experience of being somewhere and experience a different culture and, right. you know, you just, Sometimes you got to just do what you got to do. You got to, you got to be part of that experience. And I think, yeah. um, yeah, when, when you are buying something or when you are getting something from someone who's an artist, you want to, you want the experience, you want to, you want to experience what they have to offer. And so ideally right. you would hope that as a maker that you could just make what is your type of thing. And the people would appreciate that. They wouldn't, you know, they'd be like, okay, that's what I want. Um, and that's the reason why, when I when we were coming up with the idea to make the journey knife, it was like, well, let me come up with an idea of something that I like, and then I'll be happy to make more of that thing in the future. I'll make a mm-hmm. couple batches here and there, and I'll sell them. And there's there's enough interest, and there's enough people out of the 125,000 subscribers and and people who watch and people who see on Instagram. There's enough people that I I probably won't have a problem selling eight or ten knives. Yeah, there's you know I know like be, everyone always is always saying, oh, how can I get this? How can I buy this? Or there's going to be can ten suckers make a knife? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> they want what I make, whether or not you know that's the thing. They want the experience. They want to have something that's made by me, yeah. and that's what you hope. As yeah. I think all makers hope that that you can make something and you know know that that's that's what I do or that's what they do, and you want to get what they do. It's like right. you editing. Right. The video, like the first couple, the first couple videos we did on the mm-hmm. channel, you'd be like, you'd like send it over, and I'm like, all right, let me take a look at it, and I'll, I'll let you know, my, I'll give you my feedback, or you know, if I see something that's weird, that lasted like two videos. <laughs> I was like, I'm done looking over it. <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't need to go I through and watch it after you. I, it's like I trust yeah. you. Do. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't even, I didn't even mean it that way. I didn't even think of it that way. Right. Right. Because yeah. I, I we're kind of a team, not really like. Hmm. I don't work for you. You don't work for me. Neither is the right. client. Right. But yeah, exactly. I, it's, yeah, yeah I that makes more and, sense because we are a partnership. So it's like, hey, you would, are you happy with my part of this? Yeah. Right. And you would have the right to go like this is weird or I really hope you would include this. Or if right. there was something you didn't feel comfortable with showing, even though we if I, if there's mistakes, I, I'll, I'll usually probably show it just because it's it's fine. Right. It's, yeah. it's good content. It's everyone makes mistakes. It's nice to right. show it. Yeah. Um, but yeah yeah you know I yeah appreciate exactly that i because, guess it's a different also yeah by the time i'm done it it's it's pretty much locked in right <laughs> it's like yeah. i just i can go back if there was something really important to you or there was something right. weird that you noticed but other than that i you know it, it takes so long already yeah and that's that's the thing like i in my mind you know i'm i'm doing something the way i'm thinking of it in a first person point of view but everyone else who's going to be watching it is third person, right? So it's not like, so you, your perspective is better than mine because you have the perspective of what you're seeing and what you think the audience should see because of how they're going to get it. 
So yeah. like I might do something and I might think, you know, I, I'll say honestly, there's never been something where I'm like, oh, you didn't include this thing. You know, it was like because I either one forgot it or what I watched was like, oh, you you got the whole thing. It's it's I made it all the way through. There was no big part that was missed. You know, like <laughs> it works well. But yeah, that right. is that is something nice about working as as a team, as a you know partnership is that you can consider that and you can you we learn we learn each other. You know, we're like, OK, I know that you're going to do this type of thing or I know that you would know what things I'd want to show, and what things I wouldn't want to show. Like every time something funny happens or something weird happens, we're like, oh, that's going to be great. You know, <laughs> like or that's going to be a good learning opportunity for someone else who does the same right. thing. It's the same reason why we have like the disaster stories on the podcast is because we like people to understand that, that we're all human. We all do these crazy things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, what's been going on? What have you been up to, Dev? Anything interesting this week? Um, Yeah, we've been shooting and editing and I've been yeah. uh, like still, I know sometimes it's like multiple weeks. I'm like, I'm working on this video. <laughs> but I am it, it's it's uh, reality but it, it is there's at the end of editing a video that's my favorite part but the best part is knowing you only have like one more sitting to end it right like, like <laughs> I've set myself up for only like two hours of work nice yeah which I'm excited about because that's just fun all I got to do is wrap it up and do the beauty shots pick right. some music and uh so it's fun. So so that's ready to go, and this it it will be out this weekend. We'll get it out, yeah. or you know maybe yep. Saturday or Sunday, and it will be. But then we also have. Well, we we can go into the, you want to go into the, the knife build more. Yeah, yeah, and we talked about it last week too on the podcast because it was the the uh, collaboration with <clears throat> the nine other knife makers. Yeah. Um, so, and actually, Tyrell Knife Works just sent a little like. Uh, the little promo video thing that's supposed to be goes out on the 28th, I think it is, that we all put on our channels. It's like this this funny cinematic, dramatic, like, bum, 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 10 YouTubers, dun, 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 make the same knife. And then it has all of our all of our logos, like, boom, 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 boom. You just hear our names and stuff. And it's like, and then you, you get to vote on their favorite one. And, like, what we win is bragging rights. And so it's like, it was really good. I was watching it. I was like, hell, yeah. This is awesome. It's super cool. So I'll, now I'll send that to you, we're, yeah. we're all going to get like, it's going to be blocked and demonetized because we're all yeah. taking each other's like videos. You know, it's going to like, it's going to delete half of them. <laughs> YouTube's I mean, comes out like, the there's floor. already content. Yeah. Content strike. We're going to get strikes against us. <laughs> <laughs> but so what we've done now, though, we made the mistake that everyone makes is going, hey, it's two months away. We got plenty yeah. of time. And yep, we put yep. that aside in our brains. And now. Dustin and I are stuck with a very limited amount of time right? <laughs> to not only shoot, but me also having to edit it. So that's another thing I've been ed- like really pushing on this last video. And I, I had thought for a little bit, maybe I'll just skip this and jump right to the next one. But I, I think I want to get this out because we haven't had one for a couple weeks. Right. So, but we have like, what, like three days or something, maybe. To do it, I, I don't know. And, and how long until it's, when is the uh, knife video supposed to come out? June 4th is the date where they'll go live on our sites. I think that there's a June 1st, July, sorry, wait, June, what are we in right now? May, June, June 4th. <laughs> July would be great. <laughs> yeah, right. No, we got plenty of time. No, yeah, um, yeah, I think June 1st is, uh, I'll have to look back why. There's There's a reason why they need to be done on June 1st. Or something like that, and then Probably, uh, yeah, 
and then June fourth is when we're all going to make them live. Okay. So so we technically have until June fourth. Um, but you yeah, know. if they need if they need like a video clip or something of us, we I can right. send them like a, a exactly yeah yeah. If it doesn't have to go live until June fourth, you have until June fourth. <laughs> like yeah, it might need to be done done, but really you know it could be not completely done. Yeah, but, so uh, we're going to really have yeah. to bust our butt and find yeah, some time. Yeah, so it's the 20th today. This podcast will come out on Friday, the 21st. And, uh, yeah, we're going to we're gonna shoot on Sunday. So, yeah, we started started forging on Monday. Um, and the thing is that we're just both pretty busy right now. Right. Um, you at the Orioles and me with school and life and everything. And, you know. Um, and so started on Monday, got the forging started. Worked in the smithy, which was awesome. Um, and then I worked again yesterday for a couple hours on, on forging. Because um, we got most most of the shape kind of refined. So I'm just kind of still working it and thinning it and getting the shape a little bit better. I have it mostly done, but it could use, you know, another another couple heats, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten heats, something like that. So yeah. I mean, we'll get we, that. We, so we'll get the little ending. Yeah. Right. And we, we always try to show it all, but. Sometimes right. you just can't, or a yeah. lot of times I'll skip over two hours of work because right, it, doesn't, exactly. it, yeah. it doesn't look like much changed. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? It's you, you can only see so much of one thing. Grinding is a big thing. You can only watch, yeah. Uh, you know, a few a minute of grinding before you're really bored of grinding. So, yeah. So, so the I think we'll probably there will be yeah. a lot of you blacksmithing in the video for sure. Right. But there's yeah. there's going to be a chunk of it where you move forward, small movements. It takes a lot. But yeah. It, it won't look much difference, and then we'll wrap that up and then move on right. as quick, yeah, quick exactly. as we can. And that's the thing too. It's like I'm not, um, I'm not a blacksmith. You know, I'm not, I'm not really a bladesmith. I'm more. I mean, I'm I'm a knife maker, but I don't. Um, you know, I'm definitely more just a hobbyist smith. I like doing it, and I'm I'm learning, and I'm getting better. But that's not my main focus. But I did want to like I we the stock we started with wasn't wide enough to do the entire height of the blade at the heel, which is two and a half inches, mm, a little yeah. bit more. So, so I had, you know, we start out with a two inch stock, so I had to draw it out. I had to make it thicker. Um, so I figured, well, we'll do that and we'll shape the blade down and, and I have a good shape on it. Um, and I'm happy with the, where it, with it is where it is right now, but it's still super thick. It's not, you know, it has a little bit of a distal taper, but not much. So that it'll be a lot of grinding. So, but the grinding, the majority of the, the, the main stock removal will go quick. You know, it's like, I'll just put on the 36 grit and I'll power through it and we'll just like cut off a ton of stuff. And then once we get it down to a general shape, you know, general bevel ground into it, then I'll do the heat treat and then we'll go and then we'll go from there. So we'll have, ideally it'd be nice to do smithing, grinding, you know, the initial grind and get into heat treat on Sunday. I think we can do that. Mm. And that way, then I do finish grinding and you know, finish clean, finish sanding and then handle on and then final shaping. And then ideally, so, and then, uh, yeah, and I know. Then, oh, uh, geez. And then maybe, uh, I think, you know, etching the blade, I think we can do that. That should be fine. So. Yeah. If, cool. if, right. That might, if be, I can get everything set up, that to might get be there. one yeah. we, we can do. Yeah, exactly. It may not have an etch. It may just be just, yeah, maybe what you, it is, which I, is fine too. I, I don't think yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah. It's maybe not, we should. I'd, it's I'd not for sale, so I'm not. Yeah, I'm not worried about it if we don't do it. If if I can do it, great. If not, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because so it's yeah, we, you know, yeah, we are we are running into it. 
<laughs> we're, yeah, we're it's. I know it's there's going to be a few really long <laughs> nights of editing, but yeah. I guess, uh, it's, yeah, it's and, you know, okay. like what you mentioned, you know, kind of get the editing started as we're moving, and which is what we do normally. And the, th- the other thing, too, it's not like we took time off. You know, like, right. it's not like we weren't doing anything from back when we were invited to join until now. We were just making all sorts of stuff. We just kept, we were just, con- we're always continually making. We just have less time these days. So the videos take a little longer because we're just more, more busy. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, summer's, so summer's, summer's tough, but. We yeah. shall get it done. The video will yeah. come out. The knife will be good, and it will be produced. It will be. <laughs> it will be our video, and it will be cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've been. I uh, I made two axes. This uh, made. <laughs> I made two axes <laughs> this week. I I restored two vintage axes. One which I think I told you. I think I told everybody about was the. Uh, the one I stole from the um, <laughs> the the boatyard that we keep our sailboat in. Uh, I, there was uh, an old rusty axe, a Craftsman Michigan pattern axe, on a broken handle, leaning up against the wall our, at our clubhouse at the boatyard that I sail out of. And uh, so I took it and put it in the back of my truck. And I was looking for the owner of the boatyard, and I eventually found him and said, "Hey, I took your axe. I'm gonna clean it up and you know restore it and put it on a new handle for you, just because that's what I like to do. I enjoy it." <laughs> um, and so he was happy about that. And I, I got that done. Uh, and then I got the two axes. Actually, we didn't talk about this one because on Saturday we went to uh, our brother, Drew, our older, our next older brother, his son, Finley's first birthday party uh, was on Saturday. My dad texted me earlier that day or the night before and said, Hey, I got a couple axes for you. I'm going to give you, give you tomorrow a couple, and, as well as some other tools that I picked up. So we were at the party and, we went out and he had a uh, a plum rounded lug jersey and then a Kelly uh, perfect you know jersey with bevels. But both really beautiful axes. The uh, the Kelly perfect has a crack in uh, one of the one of the cheeks is cracked, so I'm gonna have to fix that because it's you know it's based definitely split where you know the handle has been wedged through it. So I'm gonna have to fix that one. But they're both really beautiful axes and and he also got a little set of i think one eighth inch um numbers and letter stamp i have a quarter inch set so he he got me a one eighth inch set and then a bunch of uh what are they uh drum sanding bits for the drill press to be able to do like sanding which we've done before um he said it was like everything he paid it was like 10 bucks for everything because he got the axes for five bucks for both of them and then, uh, you know, like $3 for the stamps. And then it was like a toolbox with all the stuff was like a couple, two or three, another couple bucks. So, yeah, Dustin gets so many gifts that my dad <laughs> brings them to him on other people's birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, it's like, that's what, that's funny. I always, whenever I think about that, I always think about, I think it was uh, the essential craftsman who said he was like doing a video about anvils and he was like, if you want an anvil or if you're looking for an anvil, just talk about anvils all the time. Tell people you're looking for an anvil. It's like have conversations, ask people about it because more than likely someone's going to see one and they're going to think about you and they're going to reach out to you. You know, if you need to get it because anvils are so expensive now, they're so hot. Everyone's trying to get them and they're really expensive and hard to find. So hard to find with I mean, a reasonable price. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's the, one of the things I'm always doing stuff and talking to stuff and talking to my dad about tools and things. And so <laughs> talking about my interests, like I think he was so he uh, he had gone up to a grocery store to get some bacon for our mom. because She was making um, 
I guess she was making broccoli salad or something for the party on Saturday. And on his way back, he drove through a different, like a different little town and the streets on both sides of the town were just lined with yard sales. Mm-hmm. Like the entire mile long was just like a gigantic yard sale through this little town. I, and so I thought he, thus, okay. I thought, I thought you were going to say you were talking about bacon and he got you a pound. <laughs> I was talking about Damn. bacon and then they got some bacon too. I know. Dustin, well, Dustin likes bacon, right? Dustin, I, I like bacon too. I love bacon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he, he went through this, uh, this yard sale and he, and he saw it all, but he knew my mom needed the bacon for her recipe. So he went home and he dropped it off and he's like, all right, I'm going back up. So he went back up to the yard sales, drove back up and spent a bunch of time walking around and getting stuff. And he, uh, he knows that I collect axes obviously. And so he just asked one, one guy, I guess at one, one, you know, um, booth or whatever. And was like, you have any axes? Maybe it was out in front of this guy's house. And he was like, Oh, I got a couple inside. And he like went into the garage and brought two axes back out. He's like, I don't never use these things anymore. And I could tell they were both on, you know, really poorly seated on old handles that didn't fit right. It was like definitely utilitarian. It was like, these things have been here for years and years and years and haven't been used for a super long time. So. Yeah. Dad is, he's the king of the, the ask. (laughs) Yeah. Like he will ask anyone. We joke at work. So I work with my dad in certain certain sports teams. Um, he he will get any swag there is because he just <laughs> asks. Uh, most people are either embarrassed or like worried they'll be seen weird, but he's just got that that great old guy confidence. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? Everyone's just a kid to him. Hey, can I have one of those? Hey, you giving yeah, those away? Are those free? Can I have? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure I'll give you hats. So he's always got hats. He always gets double of whatever giveaways there are. He gets, <laughs> he'll he'll get baseballs from ball boys. Like he he's like he just I mean because people don't know what you know it's such a such a forward thing sometimes right. for someone to go hey can I have one of those and usually though with swag and things like that people they don't care if they give away an extra one. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, this this other employee wants something. Sure. So he so in he also does this in life and, and he's yeah. not afraid to ask. And that's yeah, he's a, an opportunist. Good, you know, it's like, yeah, oh, here's yeah. the opportunity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, the other the other I wouldn't say downside, but but the the thing about me being a maker and, and making things and having a, you know, an artist as well is that my mom always asks me to do stuff that she wants done well and cleanly. <laughs> true. Like if it needs to be display something, it's, it's me. It's like, can you do this for me? Can you make this for me? You know? And, and my dad jokes, he'd be like, I can do it. And she's like, yeah, but you know, Dustin will do it like a little bit <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, I, she'll, my mom and dad, they'll be like talking about something and they'll both have this aesthetic eye. And my mom will have one, one point of view and my dad will have another point of view. And, and they're like, well, what do you think? And then I'll give my point of view. And you know, <laughs> most of the times mom's like, see, I told you, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but yeah, but my dad, you know, he, he, he doesn't mind. He understands that that's it's my perspective as an artist and a maker is a different type of perspective than just a normal maker. You know, I have an eye for craftsmanship, I guess. That's like one thing that I try to do that like that. That's what the channel's all about is being, yeah. being a maker, but being a craft, like an artistic craftsman at the same time. Yeah, d- um, so. Dad just asked me to do labor stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, so I pull the shed down. This thing down. Yeah, can, <laughs> that, and that's exactly what we're doing this yeah. Monday coming up. We're going and we got this shed up in Westminster. We got to take down. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, he told me about that too. 
Yeah, so I'll be, that's I'll right. be doing like, that. Yeah. That's I'll I'll be putting the new uh truck to use for sure. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, and uh and my my next thing is that mom asked me to shorten regrind one of the knives that uh we restored for her cuz it's too long for the knife block. Which is true. Like it is, it's a 10 inch long knife and it's the reason why it sat in my shop for a while and I didn't restore it is because it's too long for my knife block. Um mm. But, uh, and so I, so my mom, my dad had given me a, another knife, like a butcher knife to, uh, to restore an old, I think it's called old homestead. So it's like a, just a carbon, thin carbon steel knife. And, um, and you know, my mom really likes them. So my dad found one and I, and, and actually Nicole, my wife did all the restoration. So we reground everything and cleaned it up and reoiled the handle. And we gave that to my mom. And then I, I re I remember that we had that other knife and I was like, do you want this one too? I was like, it's, it's too long for our knife block, but I'd be happy to give it to you. So I did, I gave it to him and I actually cut him a piece of wood and had like, uh, put the sides on so they could actually build up their knife block a little higher up top. So it would fit. Um, but it's still a little, it's too long. And, uh, and, uh, they were like, would you, could you shorten it like two inches? <laughs> I was like, I can <laughs> sure. Like, you sure you want me to do that? Like, but you know, it'll still, it'll still be an eight inch chef knife with, which is a kind of standard length. So, so yeah, so I'll be doing that. So <laughs> you're, you're helping tear down a shed and I got to regrind and reshape a chef's knife. <laughs> <laughs> we both do things that we're good at. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah, he did ask me, he was like, I got this, this part I want you to pull down up in Westminster. Are you have time sometime. This is a couple of weeks ago. He mentioned it, but I was like, sure. Just let me know if it's, you know, if it's a time that I can help you, I'll help you. Yeah, but I have the curse of being available during the day that he's yeah, also right. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, well, speaking of new trucks. Can. Yeah, speaking of new trucks, I got my picked up my new truck today. Uh huh. Yeah. Hey. Here, let me let me send you a picture. Oh, I uh, yeah. I'll send I'll send you a couple pictures. I'll send you. Uh, I have one that's a before slash after. So I cleaned half of the truck, <laughs> and I, I took a picture from the front. <laughs> it doesn't look. It doesn't look as bad as it was it's be because it's all wet and shiny. So even the dirty side is like wet and shiny. Mm. But uh, but that's the uh, that's the one. And then <laughs> I'll send you this one too. There you go. No, that's you the did half clean and side. Half. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. just because it had sat and it was dirty and, you know, pollen and dirt for a whole year that it's just been sitting. But yeah, are so those, it is a. Uh, are those steel bumpers or plastic chrome? They are steel. Nice. There's that the black on top is plastic. You know, it's got yeah, like a right, plastic right. top part. But yeah, it's all steel. It's steel that's chromed. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a silver, it's a it's a um a Dodge Ram fifteen hundred V eight. Um and yeah, it's great. I mean I brought it home for you know, like a forty minute drive from where we picked it up and it was super dirty and smells all musty <laughs> inside because it's been sitting for a while, but now it's shiny and clean, which is why we started the podcast a little later because I was outside scrumming it until dark. Since I got home and like sprayed it down and washed <laughs> it off, because I was like, I, I just got to get it. You know, in my mind, it was like it's got to be different. You know, it's like I got to I got to clean it off. Right. So, yeah. So it's it's nice and pretty and shiny now, silver with uh, you know kind of black accents. It does have the um, the running boards along the side. You know, step up in and yeah. Oh, it's well. I mean, you don't even need to. Well, it's no, no. It's not. It's not here. super tall. It's a. Li it sits a little higher than, um, than my Ford, but really? it's not. Yeah, it's a little higher. Okay. Yep. No, um, it looks great, man. It's um, 
really nice. What what year is it? So people, it's a V8, yeah? It's yeah, 2001. Yep. Dodge Ram 2001 extended cab. Uh, silver with, yeah, um, black wheels, black the, trim. The price is the best. How much did you, 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 we already said that, did we last? Yeah, 800 big ones. Oh, man, dude. 800 so smackaroos. It's a steal. Yeah. It's a steal. So, yeah, like I said, I drove it home. It, like, it didn't overheat at all. It was, it was running well. <laughs> there was, like, it was a little, uh, it was a little um, trick, not tricky. It was a little uh, stubborn switching gear sometimes you know like it's mm. an automatic so it was a little like uh, uh, uh. but i think that's just kind of it's got a there's cobwebs and stuff it's been sitting for a long time so um but i'm sure like just as much as it'll get it'll get a little better because things will smooth out there are also things that mm-hmm. will pop up because they'll be like oh wait we've been kind of okay but now once you run us for you know a couple hundred miles then like at, by the time i got home there was definitely more of a squeak in the belts you know so the belts mm. might be a little loose or or old they might they're probably be replaced and the brakes felt right. fine um oil's fine it, it sounded really good it's got a dynamax exhaust system or something like that so it sounds nice with the v8 engines <laughs> right. it's got a, like a great nice deep like bassy you know rumble to a it nice and, nice extended cab in the back there yeah, yeah, it's 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 really nice, and the interior is actually in really good condition. Black fabric interior, um, nice. it's uh, you know, it's all it's musty because it's been sitting for a while. But it was all because the woman who owned it was kind of a hoarder, not like a crazy hoarder, but she just had mm. boxes full of stuff in the truck. So everything has just been sitting under boxes, full of stuff, but not like mildewy and gross, just boxes of stuff. So all the all the fabric and everything has been preserved kind of <laughs> it's like a time capsule <laughs> like it hasn't been unearthed for a while so yeah other than you know smelling a little musty but you know everything it, cruise control works hey oh, power everything inside i know man i was like i tried on the way home i was like oh look at that the cruise control works <laughs> I love my, after, my 89 had cruise control that did not work yeah after having an old vehicle the simple things are so much nicer yeah yeah <laughs> like i remember i had a where i had the ranger the Ford Ranger and it, yeah. I think it was like, I don't know if that was a V6 or not, but you know, it, I felt like by the end it had no power left. Yeah, no, I agree. It was yep. like it was like a V3, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my yeah, my Ford like is the same could, way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Going up hills, yep. you're like, but the second like you, you get something that actually simple things like oh, this goes up a hill without slowing down, boy. Yeah, <laughs> it's got power now. behind it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, the engine seems like it's in good condition, other than like a little, a little clunky in the shifting of the gears. But other than that, it seemed pretty good. And you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, it's, I guess it's the best I could ask for for the price that I got it. You know, oh, yeah. and it was a you know friend of a friend and and a, a good deal and someone you know I knew I could trust to at least give me something and have like an an honest you know for something for some reason the engine blew up tomorrow you know I could. I'm sure I could get my money back. You know, it's not, yeah, it's right, like that. Right. Yeah. It's like they're, they want to give me something that's in good condition and yeah, yeah no, I'm for, excited. For 800 bucks. All you got to do yeah. is last a few months and you basically <laughs> made your, your money. Right. Out of it. Exactly. Right. And uh, yeah, it seems, it seems nice. It seems like it's going to work well. Yeah. With plenty of power on the highway. I did, I brought it. So it got it down in the middle river area. So came up 702 and around the beltway all the way to Delaney Valley and then came up Delaney Valley road. So kind of with the back roads too, just kind of wanted to test the brakes and test the turning, but then also test high speed on the, on the, and on the uh, beltway. 
I think it's great. Yeah. It's, it'll need new tires because they've been sitting for a while, and and I know one of them has like a real slow leak because uh, when I when I went to look at it, which was two weekends ago, um, they had put air in the tire and it had held all day, and mm. then he said that it was like a third of the way flat when they brought it out of the other place today. So they stopped by a gas station and filled it back up. So after sitting two weeks, it's losing air slowly. So they'll have to be replaced. But I kind of knew it, that anyway. And it looks like you could afford some as afford space, not money. You can, yeah. There, there's some space for a bigger tire there. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Put a little bit bigger tires on it. Um, and that'll bring it up a little bit more and make it look a little bit better. That's what I'm thinking. And I got the extra money to spare because it wasn't didn't cost much. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll need new tires, so I'll put on you know a little bit bigger tires and clean up the rims and everything. And yeah, it's great. I'm excited. It's it's really nice. Kate, like I said, brought it home today and parked it in the backyard and started started washing it right away. I was like, I need to see the you know I need to see the uh, the diamond in the rough. Yeah, I told Nicole and Corinne, I was like, come outside, look how pretty it is. When I was done, they're like, ooh. <laughs> like, walking around, you're like, ooh, it is pretty. <laughs> uh, that's funny. No, that's great, man. That's, that's uh, exciting. I love getting a, I love getting a new cheap vehicle. Yeah, exactly. It, it's fun. There's no pressure. I mean, I loved getting yeah. the F-150 too, but I feel like right. um, pressure to perform. Is right. What, <laughs> yeah. Like it, it has to last. And there, yeah, can, exactly. there can't be big issues because yeah. we already spent a lot of money on it. So, right. It's got to be pretty much perfect right now. You know, right. like there's, there should be no issues, <laughs> like right. at least for a while, like at least yeah. for like a year, you shouldn't have any issues. And that's right. like right. eventually, you know, things go and you hope, you hope that like there's some type of warranty that you can, you know, pull on or whatever. Like you said, you know, that you have like a thousand miles at bare minimum to bring it back if anything weird happens. So yeah, I'm uh, taking it up to the mechanic to give it a once over and, uh, right. yeah. Want to let him look at it and make sure there's nothing, but I mean, it feels great. It's, it's, yeah, it's real fun. But, uh, right on. Yeah. Yeah, man. Cool. Um, so we want to talk a little bit about, we had this idea of a topic and, and we came in this idea tonight that we didn't really have much of a topic to talk about on the podcast today, but we did, I was thinking about, um, this idea of, of what it means to be a maker, which we've kind of hit on so far, you know, obviously your quote yeah, was hit, about that and we've been talking right. about that. We'd that a lot. Um, the, the reason why I was thinking about that was because of the whole bladesmithing thing, you know, like I'm not a blacksmith and I, I enjoy shaping blades with a forge, but, I don't do it all the time. And does that, you know, because it's not super easy. You know, I was like, everyone always says, well, it doesn't really matter either, you know, stock removal or, or forging same difference. You know, you're still coming away with a blade. That's quality blade. And I, I true, I, I believe that's true. Um, but I do think it's a different type of skill. It's a different thing that it's definitely, it's, well, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a different thing. So it's not like, you can't just say I do it this way because I prefer it. Not unless you have forged a lot, right? If you, if you have done them both, then you can say, you know, then you can choose which one you want to do or do both sometimes. Um, I right. guess a good example of that is like Jeff Fader from knife talk podcast. He does a lot of stock removal, but he is also trained as a blacksmith. So he's, you know, also forged a lot of knives and he just does, he does what he does because it's what he can make money. Right. You know, knife making is a business. So 
stock yeah. removal. He knows he's going to get consistent results with heat treating. He knows he's going to be able to grind a blade and it's going to be the right shape and size to start with. So that's what most of what he does is, but he also has the experience of forging blades to know that there's a difference there. Um, and so that's kind of one of the things that I have, that I have thought about and, and I've forged, I'd say maybe a dozen blades over the years. Um, but nothing as big as what we're doing now, um, and having to move as much material. So that was definitely a, uh, an experience and also the idea of not having the right tools, the right tongs to hold on to. Uh, the steel is is a big difference too, because that's it. Like you're taking time finagling, you know, a pair of tongs. It's not really made to do what you're doing. It's working okay, but yeah, you know. But um, yeah. So so it was an experience, and it just got me thinking about that. That difference between you know stock removal and forging blades, and what that difference is, and and having more experience and having that fresh in my mind. I thought that was one of those things that um is debatable. You know, it's I mean it's it doesn't matter which one you do. You can do both, but, but there's, there should not be a discussion that about one being better than the other, because they're two different things almost completely. I mean, the whole forging and shaping takes a while. Once you get past that, then you're doing the same thing on both sides, whether you're taking a piece of steel that's already ready to be ground and shaped, or you're taking a piece of steel that then you need to shape into something. Then you can grind and shape, you know, once you get that put past that point, then you're grinding, you're heat treating, you're shaping and you're finishing. You're doing the same thing, but right how far back do you have to go to for everyone to accept that you made the whole thing? Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Do you have to smelt the iron and steel that you're going to put into it? Do you have to collect the minerals to go into it? Do you have to dig all the way down into the earth to uh, get the coal to heat your fire? Like, right. (laughs) Just like, you can go back and back and back as far as you want. We all have to start somewhere. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you'd have a point if someone bought a kit and was selling them as their own knives, maybe you go, okay, that's not your design. That's just a kit. Everything's pre-shaped. All you got to do is grind a little here and there and put a, you know, all you have to get is sharpen it. But if you're taking anything, whether it's an axe that's already made and shaping it into a different style axe or a chunk of metal and cutting it down into the shape of a knife, that's all you're doing. You're cutting steel into the shape of a knife. I mean, you have to heat treat it and you got to put a nice edge on it and a blade, but how far do you have to go back before it's before people give you props right exactly yeah before you can call it whatever you want to call it now that's the thing like there's you know you need to be honest with what your your approach and you know you mentioning the axe we just got another comment recently on the bushcraft axe video and someone said you know you might i forget what the comment was but it was like you know you should change the title of this to to modifying an axe or something or whatever they said and, you know, I commented back, I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, I, I thought about that over the years, but, um, you know, I was still, I'm still making a, a bushcraft axe You know, I'm taking right. a half hatchet and I'm making it into a bushcraft hatchet. Um, right. So I am making it, you know, I'm not, I'm not forging. I don't say forging an ax, forging a bushcraft ax, you know, right. like I said, I'm making a bushcraft ax. So I'm not lying. Mm. I'm. And yeah. and that's what I in my mind that's what I'm doing. It's not like we were trying to trick people into watching that video. And even right. then, I think when we titled that, I think all of our almost all of our videos were titled that, like making this, making this, making this. You know, so 
and they still mostly are. So we're not trying yeah. to clickbait any. It's just right. you can say crafting or or what would yeah, you want to use modding. Uh, modding I guess. Like, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Like just, yeah, I could have. I could have said like turning, you know, modifying a half hatchet or something into something else. You know, it's like I could have said that, but I didn't need to say all that. I I told you what I was doing. I'm making this thing. Like I didn't right. have a bushcraft hatchet before it and at the end i have a bush bushcraft axe you know like so i've made this thing and And exactly where do you start from i I remember we made a a choice to add the unfinished hatch not an unfinished but a a a, uh whatever oh yeah half hatchet in the in the in the thumbnail yeah the half hatchet is sitting right next to it right yeah so we have the original version and then we have what Dustin made next to it. And we made kind right. of, that was like a thought, like, hey, so you're seeing it, but it's also right next to it. That's a thing that, that it was. Yeah. Right. And we, exactly. we can't go into all that because it becomes too wordy. We're not going to do a long doing this from this and blah, blah, blah. And then it's just, that's no one, I don't know. It's not, it's too wordy for a title. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it's like you want to bring people in with a creative title. It can't be too long because it needs to be, it needs to capture their attention. Yeah. But so like, you kind of, you try to be honest with it and you try to show them an interesting thumbnail. And a lot of times we'll do, you know, something on the thumbnail that, that complements the title. So the thumbnail will say one thing and the title will say another thing that are similar, but they, they work together because people see the thumbnail, right? You see the thumbnail and then you see the first like four or five words of the title. Anything past that is just dot, dot, dot when you're scrolling through YouTube. So you got to right. you got to think about those two things together. Yeah, it's not we've never done clickbait. I mean, if that's what works for you, that's fine, but right. <laughs> when we strive not to do clickbait, when people try to call us out for clickbait, we're like we never do it. That's the whole point. We try <laughs> exactly. not to do it. We do our best not to clickbait. <laughs> right. We really are trying not yeah. to. And you know, something for like like the the sewing machine video, the Chinese sewing machine. Like literally the whole point of the video was to unbox it and put it together and see if it worked. That's like the video was that it wasn't let's use it. Let's unbox it, put it together and use it for two months and then do you do a video of all of that. It was purely just the opening. So it was like, that's why it's what's the hype, you know, like what's all the hype for this thing, you know? And and it was, it was, you know, you know, opening up or putting together the the Chinese sewing machine, you know, it's like we were honest with what we were doing because that's what the video was about. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. like we weren't it wasn't like yeah it wasn't just a a kind of sensational title just for the fact of being that it was i'm literally opening up for the first time i'm going to take it out and i'm excited to see what it is because right. i have i hope and i'm excited to to think that it might actually be something that's pretty cool right so yeah yeah but i think that's yeah i think that's just part of uh you know i think that's part of uh making hay while the sun shines <laughs> you know, you gotta, yeah try to make our hay and and do what you can and and uh not not try to pander to what is the you know all the rage at the time but do what you love to do and people understand that and and you know also try to it's it's we are trying to make it beneficial and make it um you know pay our bills somewhat and uh hopefully more yeah. and more so you know, yeah. we may have to at some point. There may be a more clickbaity title because we might need to make we need to, we might need to make sure that something <laughs> happens. You know, but but we're not, not we're going to try to be honest too. You know, like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it'll never be as crazy as 
other people do it because right yeah you Hopefully. lose faith <laughs> you lose to me yeah. well it, de- it depends if you already love the channel then the title doesn't matter but right. if you're not sure about the channel then you lose faith it's the boy who cried wolf yeah yep yeah you're talking about this crazy thing again it didn't really happen okay like so i really either already have to love your channel like let's say something like Ragwish star where you want to watch them anyway yeah right but if you're someone who i'm not sure about who has a couple hundred thousand subscribers and i'm on the fence if you lie to me in the first video yeah then yeah, i'm, I'm done. done like yeah uh, right okay this i see what you're doing yeah, like, yeah and then you lie to me and then you try to get me to buy some mobile game i'm out I'm right out. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm done it's funny that, that kind of reminds me of not really but uh the the uh the post that I put up on Instagram today of the, um, the slow motion of me hammering on the anvil. And that was kind of like, Oh, let me get a cool picture of me, you know, cool slow motion of you know, forging and maybe I'll get some sparks and it'll look really cool. And I can either post or send. I was just like, I wonder if I can get a cool shot of this. Hmm. And then it ended up being almost a joke because the reason why it was like that, it had that like in and out, like like (laughs) effect was because like it, like almost like it was a, um, like a rubber band, right? Being like strong, <laughs> had that yeah. is because yeah. the where where I put the tripod at first was outside of the retaining wall, uh, out of the forge, and but it was too far away. I wanted to zoom in some. I didn't really <laughs> want to zoom in slow mo, so I put two of the legs inside of the smithy, and the the third leg was kind of resting over the retaining wall, mm. and because the tripod has those like accordion. Um, supports that hold the three the three legs to the middle post. You know, it's mm. not an accordion, but it's two pieces that hinge. It's yeah. kind of springy, and that's what was sitting <laughs> on the wood. So uh, when I was hammering, the ground was shaking, and it was on that springy like like I I didn't see it <laughs> happening, but that's why it did that. You know, it's not it wasn't it's because of what it was actually resting on. It couldn't it could vibrate, but that's just <laughs> it. It came a really awesome like effect of this no 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 like in and out. <laughs> I like what I said no, to you. Like, you're like, man, pe- people pay good money for that type of effect. Yeah, that, that's a tough effect. That's like, uh, yeah. you know, every time something hits, it's like a whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you know, right. You know, yeah, it looked great. Yeah, I was like, ah, super cool. <laughs> and it was funny. It was good um, because what I was showing was not that exciting. <laughs> it was just yeah, the, yeah. the steel wasn't that bright. You know, like there weren't a ton of sparks. I wasn't hammering super hard. <laughs> it was just like, oh, but there's a cool effect that works. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Um, I have some more. Actually, uh, I'll do a proper uh, intro to this segment. You ready? I'm ready. Dear Dustin. <laughs> All right. We're doing our Dear Dustin segment. Right. This is where we read some questions that have come in either through YouTube or email or um, through the podcast, anything. So, Warner Tom 3393 says, Dear Dustin, just curious, do you preheat the oven to 400 for tempering, or do you put the knife into a cold oven and let it slowly rise to 400? Oh, that's a good question. Um, this I, is specifically in context of, you know, uh, heat treatment, knife making. Right, heat treating and knives for, for tempering. This is post-quenching, so you've you've quenched the knife, it's hard, and for tempering what do you do um and and because i don't have a heat treating oven an actual like specific oven for heat treating um 
I would like to get one, but I do not have one at this point. Anybody wants to sponsor the channel and you know, even heat or <laughs> Paragon kilns, we would be happy to uh, use and love them. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I use my, just the kitchen oven. Um, and I do not preheat it. I just turn it on. I put the blade in and I let it come up to temperature, um, with the blade in my reasoning behind that is because it's in the, in the oven for such a long time. I do the two hour cycles two two hour cycles. So it's put it in the oven for two hours at 400 degrees. I take it out of the oven. I just set it up on, up on the stove top, let it cool to basically room temperature maybe 10 minutes and then I put it back into the oven for another cycle at 400 degrees but I don't I don't preheat the oven I just put it right in um and like I said because it's such a long cycle a long two hours it's it's that that 10 minutes or so that it's going to take to get up to temperature and bring the blade up with it uh, I don't think it makes a difference there you go all right yep next one from mm reporter dear Dustin I spent a couple of hours yesterday making a sheath for a butcher knife I towed around in my truck. Turned out okay, but was nothing special, until I added a little basket weave to the upper, upper portion. The stain was real dark, and with polishing, the sheath went from bland to a more decorated look. Have you tried doing some inlay on your sheaths, i.e. snakeskin? Now that is a really great look. Uh, I, did, I read that comment, and... Um... I like that. I think that's, that is good. And that is something I will say that I have not done any tooling. So on leather, when you, when you're stamping or you're using, you know, different uh, shaped stamps to put in a pattern that's called tooling. I have not done any tooling on leather other than stamping in initials. Um, And I think my I tend to to enjoy more simple things that are done well. So I like if I can if I can do something that's really clean, like a clean look, clean lines, nice even stitching, nice, you know, bevels on the on the on the welts, you know, on the edge and you know everything's burnished and clean and oiled. I prefer a simple uh design rather than embellishment. Right. So I normally don't, I do like the idea of inlaying something into it. Like there, a lot of times there will be, uh, you'll have like a flat piece of leather and then you'll have a, another piece that frames the outside, the profile of it. And then behind that frame, you can put in something else like snake skin or, um, you know, or fur or whatever. And you can get this kind of inlaid feel to it. That, is, that would look kind of cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really like, I just love how leather is so easily malip- manipulated yeah right? yeah it's that amazing. you can you can really stamp anything into it i, I think yep. it's that's yeah. a really cool thing to do basket weave we've seen that all over the place yeah. it's a cool yeah. look right it's a little bit more busy but it's it's a cool look and yeah yeah like, it's definitely something, cool something like snake skin or even yeah. like like minimal stamps if you had your right. your logo or you had a couple little stamps here and there yep. yeah it's so easy and it's it's instantly, like that guy said, it's kind of instantly impressive. Yeah. It, and no, it really, yeah, if, it, if, it if, if you're, if you're not happy with what you've done, right. And you wanted that clean look and it just doesn't <laughs> look clean. Cause you, you fudge something up. Right. And you, then Put you, uh, stamps. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll, I'll drop some stamps on it. And, and then everyone is immediately impressed. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it definitely has, it has a good place in leather work. And, and I do think, you know, if you, if I had, if I were going to do something like that, I'd probably want to do it. 
while the sheath was still flat, while the leather was flat, and I might kind of fill an entire area. So that way when I do like fold it and do it, it's got an even pattern. I don't know. It's just like I like I like a smoother, more, I don't know, something about like a simple design I usually prefer. So that's the reason why I don't do it on mine. But I love the way other people have done it. I think it looks beautiful when they do it. Um, another thing yeah. is that it's expensive. Those stamps, you know, they're like four or five bucks a piece. So if you want to do like multiple things, you got to get all these like tooling stamps and stuff and it's, it, the price adds up. Well, maybe, um, maybe we should do like a video. We'll spend a hundred bucks, get like a bu- a whole set of stamps and like, uh, what's the best stamp? <laughs> the greatest stamp ever. Hmm? <laughs> Am I going to completely change the way I make sheaths from now on out? <laughs> Am I'm I never done making, making a sheath make, again. Exactly. I'm completely done making leather sheaths. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do like, you know, like on the edge of mine, I'll do I'll do a line for my stitching and then I'll do another line cut in just on the inside of it. That's like that type of simple design that's really clean is what I like. But also if I do that line and it's not parallel with the edge, it's, mm. it really bothers me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, or if I kind of like. If I fudge a little bit and kind of cut off just a little too much leather in one spot, it's like all I can see. I, uh, oh man, I so being detail oriented, I'm like that as well. I don't have as many chances to see uh, my work like that, like you do for right. for products. But I, I went to AutoZone and picked up a little vinyl American flag sticker. Yeah. I'm like, look, I'm going to throw it on the back corner. It's just, yeah. it's like, I guess it's like four by three or four by like real small yeah right but i just wanted one right in the back corner of the truck because it's got nothing else on it yeah just i like that that's nice it's clean you know what i'm about but i'm not like crazy you know there's not yeah. an eagle like scooping a, a terrorist <laughs> out of an ocean with a, a flag <laughs> burning behind you know it's not crazy <laughs> right yeah you're just like yeah you got the i got a, i got a yeah. ford truck i want the american flag on it i'm gonna get yeah. a nice clean one in the corner and i've been staring at it through the window of my house just like is that the right spot for it like <laughs> ever since i put it on it I'm, i like look i'm like i think that's right and i asked my wife does that look right she's like yeah it's fine i'm like ah you know how you, know, you, <laughs> you don't, don't care you're either not, way you're not really looking at it no look at it right. i'm looking at yeah, it no yeah, really just, look at it, it. it it's come a on sticker on a window but yeah is it in the right place is the spacing okay <laughs> she's like i i don't care <laughs> but it, no it, it looks nice I, i've decided i think it looks nice Nice, yeah. I'll have to give you my opinion on just, it. When just you come don't, over. no, don't even. I'll give you, don't, I'll give you an honest opinion. No, no, no. Be like, just got to cut it off and try again. <laughs> just leave it. <laughs> I liked um, on my on my Ford. I had uh, in my back window. There's like some space coming on both sides. So I had this like strips of metal on either side of the window in the back. Not you know like the entire window, left or right. And there was a perfect size on either on that strip for like stickers there or right inside. So I just did a bunch of them there and and. Uh, on either side, like that's kind of where I put the stickers with either side of the windows, and yeah, it is though. When I when I put it on, I'm like very particular. It's got to be, especially yeah. if it's a rectangle. Like it's, <laughs> and on on most on most vehicles now, there's no straight lines. Like I if know. you're putting so it you're... in the corner of a window, you, it's got to yeah. be like you got to put a level on it just to make it so like. It, am, am I doing right. it level to the ground? Is it is it so perpendicular, it... parallel to the edge of this or that? Or <laughs> right, it it matches the bed. But it yeah. doesn't necessarily match the lines of the <laughs> of the, of the, the uh, window. Yeah, right. No, of the window Trim. and the the, heat, the heating lines, the conductors right. oh. like across like. But it, it matches the bed, so you can like it's somewhere in between. I don't know. It's a mess. <laughs> Man, speaking of the back window, I don't have a I don't have an openable window on my 
window in the Ooh. back of the truck. Oh, no. It's all just one big piece of glass. And uh, on the way home today, there are two switches. There's the window switches, um, you know, for up and down electric windows, which is on my on the driver's side door. And then there was one more switch that was above it that was unlabeled. And maybe it was labeled, but I was driving down the highways. And I'm, like, flipping it up and down. I'm hearing this clicking. I'm like, what is that noise? Like, is that the entire window? Like, will the entire window come down? And I'm, like, messing with it. And then I, like, look over at the passenger side door, and it's just the locks. I'm just flipping oh. the locks up and down. A lock up, lock down. I was like, oh, oh that's no. the lock. Of course it's the locks. It's not the window. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so cool. And now I was like, the entire window rolls down. I'm like, nice. No, yes. no luck. That's <laughs> nah, solid. <laughs> yeah, but okay. Anyway. All right, we got some um, some more. We got a, a good. I think we got like five. All right, here we go. All right, dear Dustin. I'm oh, sorry. This is from Jason Mornswa or Morns Always. Okay, Jason Mornz Always. You know, a saddle stitch is just a running stitch that runs down and back. Dot dot dot. That's true. That is what it is, because <laughs> I guess a running stitch. I guess if what he's calling a running stitch is just basically a stitch where you go up and up through two pieces of material and then down and then up and down and up and down. You just kind of work your way. If that's a running stitch, that is exactly what a saddle stitch is. It's just a running stitch that goes down and then comes back up using the same holes, but going the opposite way. The reason why a saddle stitch is what it is, is that you're using one piece of thread with two needles on either end and you're doing that at the same time so you're bringing that needle in from the left and in from the right going through the same hole and then pulling it tight and then going up to the next hole and doing the same thing and so you're doing that that running stitch but you're doing it on both sides so it's like a double running stitch it is what a saddle stitch is he's right right and i think a saddle stitch also has specific like as you go through you twist it around once so each time it it's it's wrapping around itself and locking on the inside of the hole. So that you can't do with a running stitch up and down. You can't spin it around it unless you were like fishing it through as you went. But the, like when I do right. a saddle, when I do a saddle stitch, I put one needle through, I pull it out most of the way then I put the other needle through and then I take the needle and I wrap it around once or twice on the opposite side and then pull it all tight. So it is like making a knot after each one. Yeah. So yes, it is. And no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> More than that. Um, Dear Dustin, says Con Whitlock, very detailed and comprehensive tutorial, beautiful craftsmanship. Your channel is a plethora of info. Thank you so much for what you do. Oh, thank you, I, Con I, I, I just, I, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there for us. It's nice. nice. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that is nice. I appreciate that because that's, that is what we try to do. It's like, that's what we've been talking about this whole time, just being people who make stuff. You know, sometimes I'm going to make something that it doesn't look like it would be very hard, and it's probably not very hard. And then other times I might make something that's pretty hard, like the knife we're making right now. It's taking a lot of work to do the the smithing and then the, and then the grinding and the shaping and the heat treating and the knife handles and blah, 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 <laughs> yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah, I'll throw a compliment <laughs> in there every once in a while. All right, here yeah, we go. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right. Here's, here's kind of the half and half. Uh, this is from Rolling Up <laughs> My best. Sleeves. Okay. Um, they got a nice logo, so I don't know if it's a channel. I, I didn't check. I just pulled it up and saw it. So. Okay. It starts out with, sorry, bud. That's not a good start, but here we go. <laughs> bud. <laughs> I like the time you put in and the passion. 
but you remove too much material, and your method requires more material to be removed uh, on yeah. subsequent sharpenings. I'm not referring to the reshaping, which is a cool method and a good guideline for people who don't know where to start. The reshaping is necessary, but honestly, I have never seen an axe sharpened so poorly that it gets a flex a flat end like that. In a nutshell, you lost me at the power sander and the angle stuff. Use and axe, or use an axe. <laughs> I guess that's what I mean. And you'll know what ang- what angle works best. Remove too much material, and you shorten the life of the blade. That's false economy. Cheers, and keep up the cool vids. <laughs> yeah, I read that one. And I did. I replied to it as well. Yeah, right. I saw that. Fly there. Um, yeah. No, I. You know, I, I appreciate I appreciate those type of comments because, you know, I do like to hear other people's opinions on stuff. And when they can come when they can do it in a way that I think that he was trying to be genuine, saying like, I appreciate what you did and there are some good things, but I also think that what you did was not the best thing for this axe. Which is fine. Right. That's great. You know, and that's why that's why I replied to him and and I try to do what you tell me to do. I try not to give too much to the people who are criticizing and give more to the people who are, <laughs> who want to, you know, want to get that feedback and will come back and watch more. Um, but when people do take the effort to write something and they try to, you know, come across, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, they're not trying to come off completely negative. They're trying to be like, I appreciate what you're doing, you know, keep up the good work. But I really think that this wasn't done the right way. That's fine. right. You know, that's yeah, fine. And, I don't mind that type of comment. And, and that is true. And, yeah. And the hey bud com- comment that yeah. bothers me, but I can yeah. understand how some people would think that's a friendly start. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, like hey bud, I just think s- blah blah blah. But to me, I see it as like, hey bud. Yeah. Like, hey little guy. <laughs> hey little pal, listen up here. I'm about to school you. Yeah. Hey beginner axe guy. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Oh, you sh- well, if you use an axe more often, you'd know what they're supposed to be used like. Right. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> Don't come at me about axes, man. <laughs> like, I've chopped right. tons and tons of stuff Easy with axes. Axe, yeah. man. I was like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I was. Uh, and Easy yeah, I mean, I, I know what he meant for that because that one I did put a pretty like steep grind on that one. That one is a, a very almost flat grind down to the end. And that puppy is sharp as a mother. That is, it is nice. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know when you anytime for an axe, an axe is a splitting tool, and you you want to put a convex grind on it to the end so that way you're strengthening that the the material right behind the edge if you do a full flat grind which is what racing axes do you know anybody who's a competitive you know timber sports they're using axes that are super super fine like you know kitchen knife fine because they're designed to cut really fast and really deep but an axe is a tool 99% of the time, or even more than that, 99.9% of the time, an axe is being used as a tool, utilitarian, and you don't want it to go dull. So you do not want it to be super thin on the edge. But that axe had a pretty thin grind already, and so I just, yeah, that was that was nice. That I, that, that I, I still need to put it on a better handle because the handle that I put it back on or that it was on in the video wasn't held on very well. So I took it up recently, and I was, I was feeling it, that edge is... It's going to be a laser when I do put it on. <laughs> it is. It's a very thin, very sharp edge, but laser. I'll probably have to sharpen it more often. And yes, it'll it'll lower the life of it. But that's my axe. I can do whatever I want with it. <laughs> right. How about that? <laughs> you have thirty axes, so the life of thirty axes divided. About, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, exactly. That axe will probably last way longer than every, and most <laughs> right. people's like three axes because I'll use it right you know, once every most two people's years. one axe. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, here's one. Uh, Chris B says, Dear Dustin, in quotes, Vintage? Stop. It's called old. <laughs> that was on the, the Bushcraft Axe video. Now that, <laughs> nice. you know, it's, I, I don't know. You know what he say about that? Yeah, right. Vintage? Okay. Stop. I feel All like right. half, half the people who comment... Um, who have negative things to say on most channels are like debates over uh, the words. terminology. Yeah, right. the terminology, the word <laughs> semantics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we actually call okay. it like occasionally. For a while, our daughter was very semant semantic based. Like she would be like, ah. she would she'd kind of stay say stuff back to us about the way we worded something. And my wife just kept calling her Semantica. She's like, all right, Semantica, <laughs> you know what I mean. But yeah, no, I think that that comment is someone who's not interested in, in axes. Because if you were, so if I were to, let's say, uh, see an old like BMW from 1987, right? To me, that's just an old 80s BMW. It's no big deal. But for someone who's into BMWs, that's a that's yeah. a vintage BMW from the late '80s. Yeah, right. You know, now obviously, if right. I see a BMW that's in good condition from the '50s, right, that's different. That's like okay, that's definitely a vintage car. I can see that. But right, it's it's in the it's in the eye of the beholder. Just like you can yeah, go exactly. to a thrift, yeah. you can go to the thrift shop and get old suits, or you can go to a some type of vintage shop and vintage get these, shop like, and get the same suit yeah right for more expensive it's the same thing yeah. like you said with i have a good friend who loves 80s bmws loves yeah, exactly them. yeah he's had multiple. my father-in-law loves them yeah right and but to some people it just yeah it looks like an old it's just an old car know, yeah slow beamer but right yeah exactly i'd like to talk to this guy I'd be like oh what do you like to do like what what are your hobbies and he's like oh you know i collect whatever i collect old you know vintage records from bob hope you know i'm like okay you know but they're just old <laughs> records like <laughs> oh no but they're they're they they have meaning to me so that makes them vintage you know i think that's kind of what that's almost what vintage is it's like something mm. that's old and has a quality because it's old that you that you enjoy right yeah. and so an old axis and something that's vintage is because it's it's old and it has a quality because it's old it has something that's no longer the same Mm. in most cases so for me i love axes so an old axe if i like i have so i was saying earlier i made two axes this week one was the axe for aunt um aunt steward who's the who runs young's boatyard and the other one i made was for my dad and i for, i never finished that story but he got me two axes and then at the end of that he's like and if you don't mind i'd like for you to make me an axe like just an old beater axe just something i can throw into the camper because like, my parents got a camper um, mm. and to me, of course, I'm not going to give him like an old beater that I don't do anything to. So I took an older ax that I wasn't a big fan of. It's like a probably it's a, a Michigan, a Stanley, Michigan pattern, probably from the eighties or nineties to me. That's, I wouldn't call that like a vintage ax right. because it's like, eh, it's just, it's, it's past the kind of vintage time frame when axes were made a certain way. Like once right. you get into the time frame of the eighties and nineties, now they're made a different way. And they're in that time frame when they weren't made super high quality. And that's why, to me, that one was the beater. Even though I cleaned it up and I polished the end and chamfered it and put a super nice edge on it and cleaned it, you know, cleaned it all up and put it on a brand new handle and you know, yeah, and hung yeah. it beautifully. But yeah, but to me, that's not that's not a vintage axe head because right. it's from a time period that's after that kind of vintage time period. The things that I think, but for somebody who collects Stanleys, 
you know, that's, that's a piece of the puzzle, mm-hmm. you know, and something that's something that's 20 or 30 years old, just depend. It's all in the eye of the beholder. So, I was yeah. just watching. Um, now I'm going to do an early recommendation. Okay. <laughs> do you have any more dear Dustin's? Yeah, I do. I'm, okay. I'm okay. Go through. That's fine. Gotcha. The, on the, on the topic here is, um, Doug DeMuro. He, um, reviews cars and trucks and everything simple he he got huge so again they don't need our recommendation but he's a huge (laughs) youtuber and just he goes through everything really well comprehensive he does everything goes through shows all the neat little things he has like a doug score at the end he takes everything doug score like what it looks like is it cool does it feel good blah 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 and and but he, he did a whole episode on the uh, Pontiac Aztec, which yeah. was like that weird shaped SUV. Remember that? It had like mm, it's like yeah. in, remember you ever watch Breaking Bad? Yeah, he had the Aztec. Oh, I don't. Remember. It was like a weird triangle win- window. Hold on, I'll take a look. At was, I'm looking at it, it now. It was Aztec with a K. Oh yeah, but he like, went through. It's, like a it's SUV. It's, yeah, yeah, really weird looking, and um. <laughs> kind of ugly like it's kind of, it was kind of a joke but he his video was of how it's kind of cool like they added all these little things like the center console is also a cooler that you can pop out and take with you oh nice um the back has like this weird split opening thing but the back tailgate falls down that goes down like a truck tailgate oh yeah but it has two that, yeah. seats like two seat patterns on it so you can sit it, nice. it also you could also get a a tent kit that would come with it uh, that would go from the back. So it had all these really interesting like things. add-ons and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. like they they had thought about it, but but um uh, huh. yeah that that was uh, so that's I my early <laughs> what's it called Doug what Doug Demuro Doug Demuro. D-E-M-U-R-R-O. I'll, I'll look oh, it up I'm after. Sure I can find him. I'll put him in somewhere. Um, yeah. No, that's cool. I like... Uh, I, and that's... Yeah, I mean, that you're making that point that it doesn't matter. It's all in the eye of the beholder. Right. You know, someone's going to love something because that's what they love. You know, someone's going to love old glass jars. Someone's going to love old, <laughs> you know... Toy someone's, cars. Someone's <laughs> going to be excited by the Aztec in like yeah, 20 years. Exactly. Like, yeah. oh, you got an Aztec? You got a 2002 Aztec? Like, it had all these cool things. Like, yeah. And it yeah, wasn't like, great. It wasn't <laughs> It wasn't a great vehicle. It was on other chassis. You know, nothing was new, but they made it, yeah. they made it different. And in the right. world of today with cars that aren't different, I you, you got to give props to them, even if it didn't work and it didn't right. sell. Yeah. Like, they tried something different, and that, that – it's – um. It's it's worth a shot. Yeah, I was I was driving behind a, I guess like an early early nineties Mustang five O, yesterday mm-hmm. or the day before, and I was like, oh, it's such an ugly car, just like boxy, <laughs> you know. And, and like, I like them because I know what's in them. You know, I know right. that they have a five O engine in them, and a little car like that, so it's like a rocket. Yeah, and like they, the are, 80s. they are. Yeah, yeah late late eighties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the late eighties, early nineties Mustangs that are just boxy. Mm-hmm. Those five Os, and they're they're fast cars, and I like it because of that. But really, it's just a really boxy, ugly little car. I was like, oh man, that's no good. <laughs> I was like, man, 
But that was a rough time those. for Mustangs. I know. Yeah, they do. Well, and, you know, it, was, yeah. it wasn't as rough as like the '90s. Like, oh, every all American cars <laughs> were bad in the '90s. It was yeah, just right. nothing good. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. What? One last one uh, from uh, Zombie Worm. Zombie Worm. Dear Dustin, now I'm debating if I want to cut open the bones I found on a hunting trip. <laughs> the skeleton I found looked oddly human, and there was no hands or feet and only partial skull. Uh. <laughs> that was on making a bow ha- bone-handled knife. <laughs> That's funny. I saw that. I was like, <laughs> you're going to take a risk on that one. It got a cursed knife because <laughs> it's gonna, <laughs> like an old Indian burial ground like leg right. bone. <laughs> this knife no, is know. cursed. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's. I mean, that's what I did. You know, I, we found the bones from the the um, actually the the deer skull that we found, and then we made the mount for it, and it's hanging up in the shop. And that's what those are the leg bones that my daughter and I found, and you know, I was barely able to get enough material out of that handle. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of that yeah. knife, that was rough. <laughs> we just uh, my my daughter was like spent the night at her friend's house uh, a day last week because they had a day off school, so she spent the night before, and it was like a Thursday. And found the knife, that bone handle knife that she had left it out on, like in their playhouse. And it's been sitting out; it had been sitting out for like two oh. weeks or something. So it was okay, but you know, some rust and stuff on the blade and the bone, because like it had been in the sheath, got wet and dried a couple of times. It kind of discolored the bone somewhere the sheath was touching it. So, oh. Oh, well, what are you gonna do? Now it's just part of the story. <laughs> but now it's like, character. Yeah, exactly. It is what it is. You know, like oh, this is this changed color because I left it outside one time yeah yeah whatever it's her knife you know as long as as long as she uses it it outside yeah she doesn't hurt anybody else with it and right uh, you know hopefully it'll last her a long time we'll see you know yeah i I didn't have i know my daughter and i didn't have expectations that she would cherish it and never like you know the chances of her losing it are good and that's okay (laughs) you know it's like it is what it is you know it's like it just is what it is i'm not you know i'm not naive about that (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I'd say then, yeah, make make a handle out of that out of that bone. Do it. It'd be sweet. <laughs> and if ghosts come to you, don't blame us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> send then, them uh, send them somebody else's way. That's our dear Dustin for this week. All right. I um I I wanted to uh let you know last week we talked about um collaborations and I mentioned that Ben Butler reached out to us about uh doing help, you know, making the sign for the Smithy, the Sadie Smithy. Mm-hmm. And um, and I reached out to Mike Hawkins to let him know that we were going to be doing it. And I wanted him in on the process because it was his idea. And Mike's one of our patrons and has been a longtime follower. And it was his his suggestion. He was like, "How about the Sadie Smithy?" Because the you know the, the Smithy build video was the last one that Sadie was in. Our dog, right? And he was super pumped, like super pumped to be a part of it. And um, so Ben's going to come up with an idea. You know, we're kind of all coming up with with ideas, you know, kind of the initial brainstorming of of what we might think it looks like. And then we'll kind of all come together and put them together and do something that'll look cool. So and even if it ends up going one way, if Ben's is really cool or if Mike's is cool or if mine's cool and I want it to be mine, like even still, I still wanted us all to be part of that process. And I'd be like, and if it's if I had to like lean one way or the other because I was kind of in the on the fence between a few designs like I'd want to lean toward Mike's because it was his idea, you know. It's like, and right. and Ben Ben doesn't care. He's happy to do whatever we want to do because he just wanted to contribute because he heard us talking about it in the podcast. And for me, it's more right. important that that 
that sign is is a sign that represents Sadie, but also represents this community that we're a part of. And people reached out mm-hmm. and wanted to help us make it. So, you know. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. it might it might just have to be multiple parts, and we put it together and. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hang it cool. up. Yeah, whatever it is. I mean, if you know, That's cool. if, if Ben does it completely and sends it our way, then we'll we'll shoot a video hanging it up. You know, be hanging the new sign, yeah. the Sadie Smithy. But yeah, that that's that's cool. I'm excited to have everybody be part of it, and everyone's excited to be a part of it. So, cool. Right All right, um, recommendations. I'll do mine since you did a you did an initial one. Um, yeah. My uh, my recommendation this week is uh, the Maker Camp. So I know we've talked about the Maker Camp quite a bit, but they just put a post up, and so it's this is kind of a dual recommendation. My recommendation is Justin Dietrich, who we actually had on the podcast um, yeah. a couple months ago. He is going up to the Maker Camp um, up to Blackthorn Resort in. Um, give me one second. He's going up July sixteenth, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, here's the post. He's going, so he's going to be there July 16th through 18th to prep timbers for the structure that they're building at Maker mm-hmm. Camp, which will be in October. It's so they so Maker Camp posted um, a, a post saying that like he'll be there and he needs help. Um, you know, it's 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 not really it's the cool thing about the Maker Camp and Blackthorn is that they do put on a bunch of different events that are free. Like they do the hammer ins, they do all this stuff. They want to they want to build that community, so this is free. Um, if you're gonna, if you're anywhere in the Northeast area, this is up in New York. Um, you know, follow the Maker Camp at the Maker Camp on Instagram, and check out um, check out Dustin Justin Dietrich because uh, so he's he's at J Dietrich D I E T R I C H seventy six on Instagram. Check him out. He does some really awesome stuff. He just finished his uh, his paddleboard that we were talking about recently. He's been yeah. some pictures up of him paddling around on it. I was like, heck yeah, brother, that's awesome. So so they'll be doing that. Um, and I'm thinking if I, I might try to make it up there for that, we'll see. I, I might go I, up for like Dustin, a day or I, something. I also saw that too, and I'm really tempted. Yeah, it'd be cool. Even if we, even if we like drive up just, and stay a night, you know, like drive up Saturday morning and stay and come back on Sunday or something or whatever. Yeah, I was. I, I mean, we even talked about that timber framing. Yeah, and it's all experiences and everything, and and right. we'll just come and be willing to learn and help and and. Yeah, how awesome yeah, is that? Yeah, it's perfect. Exactly what I want to do. Right. <laughs> it's like what I what's, it's. I mean, I think well, I I know I'll also enjoy the Maker Camp as well, in October. But this seems like something that could be really enjoyable, right? Because mm. there's there's no pressure. Everyone's there just hanging out and helping and trying to do this thing, and and you feel like you can be a part of something that. You're not just there to watch and you're not just a spectator. You're there to like help and, and be part of it. And, and everyone, you know, you can, you feel like, I think as a man, we want to be, we want to be <laughs> beneficial. You know, we want to like do something we want to be there and we want people to know that we can help and that we can do what we need to do. And, you know, you got the tool ready for the person when they need it, or you're ready to lift it and put it into place. And, you know, so mm. you want to feel like you're doing something. That's why dudes always like hang around the grill. Cause they like want to do something <laughs> at a party, you know, like hey, I flip that over for you. These look like they're getting hot. Can I do something? Or you know, it's like, you, yeah, exactly. What can I help? What can I help with? What can I work on? But yeah. yeah so well, I, I will say Orioles are out of town. Nice. Yeah, Sean, Sean from our buddy Sean from Crafting Life, I want. He also posted on. It. He was like, "Ooh, he's like, we might have to make this happen." So I think he wants to come up with us too, because that'd be a cool trip up with uh, a couple people and get together with some good guys up there. And um, 
I'm that's the summer for me, so I'm out of school. Um, as long as it doesn't overlap with some other vacation or something, I don't know yet. I just I just saw that post and I was like, oh, I really want to be there to do this. I'm gonna try to make it happen. So yeah, that'd be cool. I'll look at my schedule and yeah, see if we can do it. I think it's make, is it right around good Father's vid- Day or something. Make a good video too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Make it worth our trip. Yeah. <laughs> What's your other recommendation? Uh, that was my main one. I'll just go oh. with that one. Cool. That's a, that's a good one. I'll, I'll, yeah, right I'll, keep, on. I'll keep the rest of mine for others when I can't think of something else. <laughs> Doug DeMuro, <laughs> Aztec. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, that's it, guys. We went uh, a whole hour and a half, and we were not really expecting to, but that's usually what happens when we start chatting. <laughs> that's what the podcast is all about. Uh, if you guys like what you hear and you like what we do, you can always support us over on Patreon. Um, and you can also just support us by, you know, sharing the, the podcast, telling some other people about it, um, giving us a rating. If you go into Apple podcasts, you can give a rating and leave a comment. All that stuff just helps to push the, push the, um, push the content and get it out to more people, which is what we want. You can also go over to YouTube and find us there. The art of craftsmanship on YouTube, check out our videos and let us know what you think there. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram at the Art of Craftsmanship and at the Art of Camera Guy. Check us out. Share share what we do to other people. Suggest other people to us. Leave us comments if you want us to talk about something on the podcast or if you want to be on the podcast. Let us know. I've had a couple people reach out recently. Brian Cohn from B Cone Knives. Talk to him about joining us. Uh, the Hand Engraver. That's uh, Evan Watson. He's going to be joining us on the podcast. Uh, so we've got some, some people coming up that I'm excited about. And, uh, if you, if you have something that you guys like, or you want to do want us to talk about, or you, uh, or you think you can tr- contribute to the podcast, let us know. You can either email yeah. us or send us a DM. Or if you have a, uh, dear Dustin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you have a dear Dustin, put it on, uh, send us a DM or you can send a DM to Devin at the art of camera guy on Instagram and then he'll, <laughs> he'll dear Dustin me for you. <laughs> that was weird. I was trying to figure out how I would say that. Dear Dustin, me for Dear you. Dear Dustin. <laughs> Dustiny. <laughs> it's your Dustiny. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. 
The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Superlight Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.